Ho, ho, ho. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Uh, belated Christmas. No, it's still in the 12 days of Christmas. Anyway, this is Griff's Brain Dump and it's me, Griff. Obviously, how are you doing? Episode 307? Oh, 308? Was it 309? I think it's 307. There it is. 307. Um, recording this on Monday, the bank holiday Monday. We had a break over Christmas. Why? One, because it's Christmas. Two, because my Christmas was too manic. And uh, three, I, I shouldn't have started counting. There wasn't three. Naturally, as a human being, you want to do things in threes, but there's no need. Um, just those two points were enough to uh, to make the point I was making that I weren't recording over Christmas. But how how have you? How's your Christmas been? How's your 2023 been? Your 2022? Your New Year's resolutions? Are they resolved? Have you resolved them? Have you set any? What's your goals? What's your aims? Um, I was reading a thread on LinkedIn that's saying that you shouldn't actually tell people your goals. I always thought you should. I thought you should tell people your goals hold you accountable, right? But apparently, you don't tell people your goals because what actually happens is uh, it, it has a, you have a release of like um, a chemical in your brain when you tell people your goals, which actually tricks your mind into thinking you've achieved your goals, therefore slowly demotivating you. So um, I don't know where the balance is there. I don't know where the balance is. It's, that's like everything in life, right? You know, like back in the day, it's like if you eat too much chocolate, you get cancer. But if you eat, uh, if you eat too little chocolate, uh, you'll get cancer. What? He's talking about? Yeah, eat more chocolate prevents cancer. All right, well, not too much. Why? It'll give you it. It's like I, I don't know what advice I should follow, and um, that's that is just how it is, right? Some of these uh, social media gurus. These business gurus with their big goals, set goals. You know those guys. So that's what I've always been like against giving advice, right? Because it's so easy for the kind of uh, paper, the house of cards to fall down. You say, but what you need to do in your relationship is this, this, this. We're like, well, what about you though? He's like, ah. <laughs> I mean, like when someone's giving you solid business advice. Think about it, most business consultants aren't billionaires. Yeah, they're paid, you know, 60, 70K a year um, and they're experts in business theory and they can teach you how to run your business. But they're not actually running the business, are they? So it's like, how much do I actually listen to you? That's how it goes. Um, that's everything in life, right? Seems like your doctor, doctors, he, he knows about your health, but tell him to back his top off. He's like, you're fat. You can't tell me about my health. <laughs> You know what I mean? So um, it's it's just that's just how life is, right? But um, how was your Christmas? My Christmas absolutely derailed. Um, you know, in the lead up to Christmas, I did my gigs, finished off in Brighton, did two gigs on uh, on the twenty second and twenty third. That's the Thursday and Friday. I'm like boom, uh, geared up for Christmas, not gigging again to the fifth of Jan. This is all family time, bellissima. It's gonna be great. Going to spend time with three of us, or three and a half. I always remember the little one. He is on his way. Uh, three and a half of us spending time together at Christmas. Going to see my my family and stuff over Christmas as well. Like my mum and brothers and sisters. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be relaxing. No work. Uh, no comedy. Nothing. It's going to be great. Uh, Christmas Eve, we go on a little walk around our uh, local town. They've got a light walk uh, with friends, with kids, got the same age. Um, a Zadie and it's great it's all family fun Naomi's coughing a bit but it's all right it's all right she's coughing a little bit it's okay yeah I mean she felt a little bit rough in the morning but oh, this this cold is annoying but she's all right she's up and about she's walking Christmas Eve that is then Christmas morning that's no Christmas Christmas Eve evening she's like she's just conking out on the sofa I'm like ah you know, it's like pregnant women, they get tired. It's no biggie. She's conking out on the sofa. Then um, then Christmas morning, because we was meant to do potatoes, parsnips, carrots and Brussels sprouts. That was our contribution to Christmas. Cheese boards as well. That's what we were bringing. Now, our brother was doing chicken wings. My sister was doing the turkey. My mum was doing all the other bits in between. Bit of lamb, bit of beef. You know, the starters, hosting the thing. So, yeah, we meant to do all the potatoes, the preparation, uh, Christmas Eve. He's like, now nah, we'll wait for Christmas morning. We'll wake up early. We'll do it together. We wake up Christmas morning and 
not even in the morning, it's like about four in the morning. I turn over in bed and I am just hearing just like, <coughs> just in a sleep. I'm like, Jesus, that sounds horrendous. Sounds like a dishwasher. Blocked up dishwasher. That's what she sounds like. Then and uh, wake up in the morning. And she is like, oh, oh, babe. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, we've still got loads of tests in our cupboards from all the tests we didn't take when it was at the height of COVID. And uh, give a little test. Those lines came up super dark. Like, she had super COVID. And he's like, well, that's it. That's our Christmas done. There's one thing if she had super COVID, but she was still able to walk about. There's like, do what? It's cool. Three and a half of us. We'll just, we'll do Christmas here. We'll, we'll make it work. We'll order some takeaway. We'll make it work. Just the, you know, just, just us. The Griffiths at home. But uh, no, she was completely wiped out. So Christmas was spent with just me and Zadie. Downstairs, her upstairs broken. She was like, just go to your mum's, go to your mum's without me. And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> I was like, yeah, fine. No, that makes sense. Call my mum. Uh, yeah, do what? No, he's got COVID. Can't come. Um, yeah, she's like, oh, no. Oh, no. Well, come later to pick up food. I was like, oh, just to just pick it up, yeah? She's like, yeah, come later. I was like, okay. And I was like, yeah, it's crazy because nobody said, like, she, she thinks we should just come. Like, take a test, we'll just come. And she's, my mum's like, no, you can't leave her. I'm like, ah. I mean, yeah, morally, that's the right thing. I shouldn't leave her. But, I mean, she said it's okay. She's like, no, no. Mum's like, no, no, no. You got. You need to stay. You need to stay. She's pregnant. I mean, she's pregnant just like, it doesn't even have to have any context. Is what, when someone says, she's pregnant. You, you know what I mean? You just have to just do whatever the person says. You can literally be... You know, in a car, someone cuts you up, yeah, gives you the middle finger, throws a milkshake across your windscreen, and you're like, this fucking idiot. You speed up some red light, get out of the car, someone shows, oi, mate, leave it, she's pregnant. You're like, ah, I can't even swear at them. (laughs) It's nothing. She's pregnant. So, um... And she was, she is pregnant, so she's like, all right, fair enough, I guess I'll stay at home. I mean, I tried to drop the hint again to my mum, she's like, no. She's like, you don't sound, you sound sad. It's like, yeah, I'm lonely, mum, I'm lonely. I've got no adult conversation on Christmas Day. And it's not, it's one thing, right, because there's lots of people who spend Christmas on their own. So, yeah, save the pity party, but here's the thing. These people who spend Christmas on their own tend to spend their life on their own. Yeah, not in a disrespectful way. They're, they're loners, they're hermits. They're that's what the introverts, whatever. Maybe they're absolutely pariahs, absolute pariahs, and they've been ostracised by their family and society, and it's against their will. Who knows? Yeah, they're like they're involuntary introverts, <laughs> whatever. But they spend all their time alone. I don't. In my loneliest times, I'm surrounded by people. Okay. So in Christmas, I've always geared up. It's you know, it's it's about the family. It's not about. It's just about family. I, don't re- I really don't care what food I get over Christmas, as long as I get to see my family, hang out with my people. I wasn't able to. I mean, yes, my daughter is my people. You can't get more people than that. And my wife's obviously my people, but my wife is upstairs, out of service, and my daughter is 17 months. I mean, I love her to bits, but I'm not one of those people who go, my kid's my best friend. No. No, my best friends are adults who I can have conversations with and have a drink with and have a laugh. Not someone who I have to wipe their ass. Okay? That's not my best friend. Okay? No. I love her. She's probably my favourite person, but she's still not my best friend. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she's my daughter that's what she is and uh, I wanted to spend Christmas with her with other people that's what I wanted to do and it's the irony right because if you if I spent Christmas with everyone but her that would be a shit Christmas uh, but to spend it with just her that, that's not the Christmas I wanted either but 
listen, we we just played. That's what me and my daughter did for Christmas. We just played and played and played and played. And I was like, ah, shit, I've got a feeder. My whole plan of just going to my mum's and Christmas dinner's just there and she can pick this. Has this got, has this got milk in it? Okay, no, okay, she can have that. You know, that's, that was my plan. Everyone's a bit excited to see her, so we don't even have to even do any parenting. You know, that was the plan. I was going to drink Baileys. Ah, oh, man, so much Baileys. I haven't had a drop of Baileys. I haven't had a drop of Guinness Punch. <sighs> Tragic. I don't know if I've had one alcoholic drink over, over Christmas. No, I have not. The last drink I had was the 20, 22nd of December. <laughs> but it's all good. It's all good. We moved. We got through it. Um, and it, you know, it's all right. It it just makes you cherish your family more, right? That's that's what it's all about. Just appreciating what you have. And look, like I said there's people who spend Christmas on their own, uh, and they do it all the time, and they just get on with it. And um, I wasn't actually on my own, so it's it's fine. It was fine. I'm I'm, I'm being dramatic, you know, but fucking just now, was me. But how was your Christmas? What about your New Year's? What do you do? do you for New Year's? Do you think good for New Year's? Because here's my Christmas well, right? Also, you know, I said about I was just skipping back to Christmas. You know, I said about food. Obviously, I did go to my mum's after. Once I put Zayda to bed, I headed to my mum's. And that, uh, I stayed for about two hours, picked up my food. Because, like I said, online, I'm, I am an alpha male. I'm a hunter-gatherer, protect provider. And uh, and when I'm in need of food, I go to my mum. Mum. <laughs> Mummy, wummy, can I have some food? That's so yummy in my tummy, please. I mean, alpha male. Big old alpha male. <laughs> oh, dear. Then what else happened over Christmas? We, uh, we, uh, oh, I'll tell you what, almost, almost killed myself and my daughter. With food, no. Literally the simple activity of uh, walking down the stairs. Oh, my God. Um, this was horrendous. Walking down the stairs, and I've got her in my arms, and I've got her in my right arm. Always carrying one arm, right arm. I slip off the stairs. I'm about, so I'm walking down the stairs. I'm about four steps down. Um, no, no, about six, six steps down. And you know when you fall down the stairs, we've all fallen down the stairs, right? Yeah, everyone here, everyone here, we've all fallen down the stairs. Yeah, it's not just me, we've all fallen down the stairs. You know it's actually the number one killer, I think, of people falling down the stairs. You're more likely to die falling down the stairs in a car accident. You're more likely to die falling down the stairs in of cancer, right? It, it's it's literally the number one killer, falling down the stairs. And um, which would make you think they'd probably ban stairs. But, <laughs> but I, I slip. You know when you usually slip, your foot tends to go to the step below. And you might have that thing. I remember my sister falling down the stairs when I was younger. She slipped, went, her foot went down, but her arms didn't come down. And she hit her tailbone on every single step down. And it was just like, it was so quick in succession. It's like, bam. All in her tailbone. All I remember is her sitting on the bottom of the stairs, just bawling. And you got to understand at this time, I'm like five. My sister's like 19. <laughs> so I'm mortified. I'm t- I was the type of kid that would cry if anyone in my family cried. I mean, that's a normal kid. I don't know. Like if my mum ever cried, I would start crying. My sister cried, I'd start crying. I don't know if I ever saw my brother cry. Uh, I think my brother once pretended to be dead and I cried. Because <laughs> that's what guys do. Um, yeah, I remember crying. So that's... That's how I envisioned I would fall down the stairs if I ever fell down the stairs. Uh, Naomi tells a story about her falling down the stairs. She says, similar to my sisters, except for she fell flat on her back and smacked her head on every single step on the way down. This is like, Jesus. And she says she just sat on the bottom of the stairs just crying. I was like, golly. How I fell down the stairs, remember holding my daughter. My feet don't go down. They go up. You know, like in the cartoons where people slip on the banana skin. It's like, whoo, 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 whoo. 
what is it was like that feet just went up in the air i've got remember i've got the door in my hands and because my it's my right foot slips up in the air i just start rotating towards my right hand side so i'm literally about to land on her and I, and i remember i've gone up i've not just dropped down if i dropped down it would be bad enough but i've gone up so i just remember being momentarily being fully suspended in the air thinking i don't know where i'm gonna land i just can't have her underneath me as i land um and i've managed to move her from underneath my body completely but by doing that i end up like smacking her head into the bloody wall into like the skirting board that runs next to the stairs so she has uh she had like white paint on her face and a carpet burn on her head um but i've managed to kind of lift her above me as i'm falling like above my head so she's more or less landed on the step maybe one step down from where we fell i'm like four or five steps down just like mid-air just slammed down i've just gone you just hear this bang my you hear my scream my bang and me just going oh babe come and she, remember my wife is covid out covid out she's like fish between boxing day and the day after she comes running down the stairs uh she 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 doesn't know what to do she sees me four steps down she's zay cry i was like attend her she's like are you okay do i need to call someone i'm you know me in there's so much pain but you're making that noise i'm like no just just please tell me she's all right she's fully crying she's bawling it obviously and stuff but we've got to remember these kids are rubber in it their ligaments are all soft and they, they they're flexible they can take a bashing and what you realize is actually she was more distressed by me by me being upset cry uh down the bottom stairs i start crying because <laughs> i just think i just start getting all these flashes in my head as i'm falling i got all these flashes in my head of what if i actually landed on her what if i've broken something what if she's cracked a rib what i'm gonna have to take to the hospital uh what it's gonna look like when i come to the hospital her daughter's all mash up my wife can't even come to the hospital with us i'm gonna have to be there uh, on my own and it's just gonna look mad what if they don't believe me that it's an accident Always just going red. Then I start going from red of shit. What if it was Naomi fell down the stairs carrying her? Naomi's pregnant, and it's just it all got too much. I just start crying. <laughs> and I was like, there's something about falling downstairs to make people just cry at the bottom of the stairs. And then, and then, like Zadie's just there, just she's upset. I'm upset. It's just a state. It's just it's just a mess. And Naomi's uh, like, are you okay? You okay? And she's going, and oh, she said, all I want to do is give you a hug. But I was so COVIDed out, I didn't want to, I didn't think you'd want to hug for me because I'm full of COVID. I was like, now nah, you're right, good choice. But I'm just there, I was like, fuck. And then all, once all the emotions settled down, I'm like, my fucking goodness, my leg. <laughs> it's like, am I the only person? When you injure yourself, you go straight to the worst thing. So I was like, no, that is definitely ephemeral fracture i have broken my thigh bone I've, I've definitely broken it definitely broken it ignoring the fact that i've got up off the stairs and walked away from the stairs i'm like definitely broken it there's a crack i've cracked it and i google femoral fracture like yeah you can't walk on that like, okay good i haven't fractured it didn't have a bruise come out either but it hurt so much so so much it to this day it still hurts um but not the bone anymore it's, it's i feel like the bruises are slowly moving away from the center of the muscle so it's just the skin sensitive to touch but it's to the point where when i sat in my car to drive i couldn't if that hurt any kind of tension or relax of the muscle oh agony and uh yeah my, my daughter was easily placated with some snacks snacks uh, a bit of juice a bit of yogurt and she just um, watched TV. She was fine. TV and some snacks for her. And there's me just hobbling around the house, just swearing under my breath, going, fuck. <laughs> but it's all good. My daughter's totally fine. Totally, totally fine. Uh, and I'm, I'm recovering. I'm recovering from that. Um, yeah, that was good. 
And then New Year's, we'll do New Year's, uh, New Year's celebration. I said, my wife just recovered New Year's Eve and we had plans to go to a light show, another light trail at the local kind of English heritage house that we live near. And that was cool. And I thought, how are we going to celebrate New Year's? And we thought, let's get a takeaway. Now, here's the thing. I'm about to say something off key. This is what the pod's about. You want to cancel me? Cancel me later. Here's the thing that happened. As you see, I went to get, sorry, we get a takeaway. Uh, get Chinese. Chinese. All I'm thinking about is the food. I like Chinese food. Then I think about a conversation I had earlier in the day with my wife about the increases in covid and about the UK's border policy about China. And she's like, yeah, you should just not let them in. I'm like, you sound so Brexity sometimes. <laughs> should let them in. I was like, who's um, Chinese? I was like, you mean people who test positive for COVID? And she's like, yeah, that's what I meant. I was like, all right. Because here's the thing. My, my policy is... Any countries that have an increased rate of COVID, we test those people before they come in. They can't just come in, no testing. That, that's, that's, that would be my thing. Uh, and she was like, yeah, but it came from there. It's them. I was like, it's the government. It's not the people. You think the people wanted COVID? We were talking about them having more COVID over there and stuff. That conversation leaves my head until I pull up to the Chinese restaurant to take away. And I walk in and I see the chef in the kitchen, eating, he's cooking and eating, no hair nets, like real, real authentic, no hair nets, and he, he starts coughing into his shoulder, I was like, Jesus, and then the guy who's actually behind the counter, I was like, yeah, it's for Darren, it's like Darren G, I was like, yeah, that's me, he hands me the food, then he starts coughing, and I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, I needed to be more racist, I, I, I'm just being so open-minded, completely. If I was a little bit more prejudiced, yeah, when my wife suggested Chinese, I would, I should have gone, really? Like with everything going on in the news? But do what? It's not that that came to my head and I went, no, 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 don't be racist. It didn't even enter my head. It's only when I got to the Chinese, I saw all this coughing, and I was like, ah, rah. <laughs> ah, did I tell my wife about all the coughing? I saw, no, I didn't. I can't be one, proving her right, and two, ruining our meal, our delicious Chinese meal. Anyway, I've had it, and um, my throat was pretty tight the next day. <laughs> and that's when I ate a clove of garlic and some ginger, raw, skipped a drink, ate that stuff up, and almost vomited, because that burns. The flipping burns. If you ever eat a clove of garlic, because I stupidly thought I can eat garlic when I go Nando's, right? So I should be able to eat just a clove of garlic. Easy. Calm. Being sweet and... Jesus. I watched for up. My daughter's there. She, I just made her some milk. She's following me about. And she can see that I'm in some distress. And I'm kind of dribbling out my mouth. And she's looking at me like, you all right? And I'll just try to smile for her like, hey, hey darling, you okay? And yeah. But guess what? The phlegm and the catar and the sore throat vanished. Absolutely vanished. So I recommend it, guys. If you've got the stomach for it, do it. If you ever have a little cold, little tickle, eat some garlic. Just chew it up, swallow it up as quick as you can. You've got to, you've got to break it up in your mouth. You can't swallow a clove of garlic, no point. You've got to break it up, get all the garlic juice right around your mouth. Then some ginger as well. Just chew that up. Get it in your mouth. And you will want to throw up and it will burn your lips. But just do it. Then chase it with some Manuka honey. Sort you right out. Proper touch. Yeah, man. But uh, that's the thing. I felt like, I felt like a kind of herbal, herbalistic bear grills. You know what I mean? I felt like I was, I I was, I was a real man. Talking about real men. Segway. Andrew Tate versus Greta Thunberg. Listen, this whole Andrew Tate Greta Thunberg thing, for me, I am not a fan of either. I'm not a hater of either. I don't care. People, personalities online. I find, if anything, I find it really weird. I don't find it so weird how much women hate Andrew Tate because I get how the message is delivered to them. 
issues delivered through some kind of man-hating woman who idolizes this guy um and so the message they get is pricks like this guy i get that but i also get why men also like him because look if you can get through the way that there was this message similar to kevin samuels it's a thing of well actually he's kind of the kind of agree with me he's not saying anything that's too wild the way he says it's a bit wild but what he's actually saying is not wild when you see him on podcasts and some people tend to end the podcast agreeing with him um he just talks in a very but 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 way right um and, and the way the internet showed me is even if you don't talk in that way jordan peterson he doesn't talk in that he's not aggressive at all he gets labeled as a misogynistic guy and a you know anti-woman sexist and racist and a homophobe transphobe and because he's a straight white man you know it's just it's, it's that whole internet thing right um where you don't you don't take in the message directly you take it bounced back off someone back off someone back off someone and then that's how it's delivered to you so for example my wife had never heard of andrew tate she's first time she's heard of him was through the tweets with Greta thunberg and then she goes, oh, yeah, so I don't know this guy. Who is he? And I go, he's a... And I said, this is my neutral description of him. He is an online influencer that's quite prominent in the manosphere. Right? And she's like, manosphere? I'm like, yeah, that's that's what it's called. There's a whole network of guys. And then she's like, oh, okay. Right. And she goes, what does he talk about? I was like, oh... He talks about making money and just relationships, essentially. He's getting with women and just the status of men and women. And then and she's like, oh, okay. She leaves it that. Give it two hours now. She's like, oh, yeah, no, that guy, he's a prick. He's a misogynist. Uh, I think oh, he's a, an abuser. I was like, have, have you managed to hear this? <laughs> and it's, it's that filter. But the same way that if she was a bloke, she might have heard him, not know him, and then she goes, yeah, he's a legend. I was like, he's neither of these things. He's just a guy running his mouth online. And uh, that's my view of him. The view of Greta is, um, I think it's cool. She's, she cares about the environment. I think that's one of those weird topics that is somehow divisive. The environment, yeah, the, the planet that we live on. We always manage to politicise it. And um, yeah, like the, I find it odd how much the right dislike her. Like, it's, like you just have to dislike this girl. And my thing is it's weird that one, she's on the spectrum, and she's 19 now. But when she started, she was like 15, and people said, "Oh, I hate this girl." It's like, why do you hate an autistic child? She's no longer a child now. So people need to stop calling her an autistic child now. But um. And if you've been really politically correct, she's a child of autism. But anyway, it's, yeah, it's quite odd, the real vitriol that she receives. I'm like, she's just a kid who cares about the environment. Surely you, it's either you agree with her or you ignore her. Like, that's it. Very simple. So I found the whole agitate thing, the sequence of events, hilarious. That this guy was banned off Twitter for breaching policies. Left-wing wokest we'll have the free speech i mean censorship's gone too far all of that stuff it's been kicked off elon buys twitter reinstates all the all the people have been kicked off because he's like in the name of free speech you know, come on and he's back and he chooses to use his free speech to just randomly tweet greta thunberg and mention about the number of cars he's got and the amount of emissions and he says, hey, give me your email address so I can send you the full list of my cars. And she says, yeah, sure. Send it to Small Dick Energy. At, I can't remember what it was. I can't remember what the last bit was. Small Dick Energy at something.com. That blows the internet up. He replies to her, how dare you? Which is funny as well. Both very funny. Tweets objectively funny. His first tweet, odd just to tweet her, but hey, use your free speech how you want. Like she used hers. 
And both of their tweets are funny, but hers got more tweets, retweets, more views, more likes, more shares, all of that stuff. And I think his ego could not take that. But he had to make out that he didn't care. And the best way to show people you don't care is to make a video telling people how much you don't care, which he did. And in that video, he gets delivered a pizza. And he says, do not recycle these boxes. Now, here's the thing. When he says, do not recycle these boxes, these pizzas were not on screen. He says, do not recycle these boxes. And then the boxes get brought into shot. And on those boxes is the name of a local, or it's a national pizza chain in Romania, which has now been rumoured to say that... Um, been rumoured that it was that that the authorities used to know that it was in Romania to actually go and arrest him. Now, I'm not sure if that's true. It's, it's the funnier narrative, but that is a funny sequence of events, right? Free speech kicked off, get reinstated because of free speech. You use your free speech to go at someone. They come back at you. You go back at them and then you go back at them. You incriminate yourself and you get nicked. That's the narrative I want to believe because that's the funniest narrative. That is just a funny chain of events. I doubt it's actually true because I'm pretty sure the Romanian authorities would notice in Romania the moment he lands in Romania, right? Because you have to go through border control. But um, but that is a funnier narrative. And it just, again, it just blows up the internet, divides the internet. People calling him a misogynist. And, and I was speaking to someone about this, that the way the internet is now is if you say... Not only if you disagree with him or agree with him, if you just bring some facts to it. Like people got, there's a video of him hitting this woman. I already know. Again, somebody who doesn't follow this guy knows that there's a video of him hitting a woman. There's also a video of the same woman saying it was consensual and it's a BDSM thing. So it's like, well, I already know that's been debunked. But if you bring that answer, if you bring that fact to a conversation, people go, and he hits women, and he hits women, and he hits women. And you bring that video in, people go, or bring that uh, point in, people are like, so you're defending him. You're a misogynist. It's like, no, 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 no. Now, listen, human sex trafficking, that's a pretty strong crime uh, if he is guilty. It's the second, third time he's been arrested for it this year, which to me acts more in favour that he hasn't done it in a strange way, or it's just not legally provable. Maybe that's what I should say, rather than he has done it. it it's, yeah, it says to me he isn't legally provable and therefore it feels like they're kind of flogging a dead horse here to arrest him for the third time must mean that they genuinely believe they've got something surely because he ends up looking a bit like power where Sachs is always trying to arrest ghosts trying to find ghosts and arrest him it just starts it starts get, yeah it starts getting a bit crazy and um, and obviously his fanboys they just build it up into yeah you see they're trying to take him down he's too powerful he's too powerful he's too influential I was like he's not really saying that much he's not really fucking up the matrix as they keep saying it's the same people think that Tory Lanez has been uh, has been arrested has been uh, sentenced and found guilty not because you know, a miscarriage of justice. It's not because that he's a black guy or whatever. They're not even going through that angle. They are going through because he's saying too much. <laughs> Fuck Rock Nation. <laughs> so what are you talking about? It's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, the Tory Lane and Megan thing. I haven't really followed it. Again, there's the there's the, the video of his phone call with Kelsey where he admits it. I listened to that video. He doesn't admit it. He apologises for how things got fucked up, but that's not admitting that he shot anyone in the foot. Again, that's not me defending Tory Lanez. I'm just saying what was said in the vi- in the on the call. That's where we are on the internet. Is I'm Team Megan, protect black women. Is it no? I'm Team Tory, fuck the police. Megan's a liar. She's a bitch. Tory's a little man. Little man syndrome. And it's crazy. Now these things body shaming, that's another thing that comes out of it. 
the little man syndrome, the small dick energy. Are these things counted as body shaming? Who knows? I don't know. Because when I saw a little online debate about that, about body shaming, does it count as body shaming? Because um, really, if you've got a massive dick and someone says you've got small dick energy, it's not really body shaming because my dick's huge. Same as someone says you've got short man syndrome, it's like I'm speaking to someone who's like 5'9", five, 5'10", five, like I'm not that short. So no, I know I don't. But is it body shaming to say someone, to use a physical attribute as a cuss? I try to give an equivalent of saying someone's got big tit energy, tight pussy energy. Is that body shaming? If you say you've got small tit energy, loose pussy energy. <laughs> I don't know if that's body shaming. I guess another equivalent would be, is it homophobic to call someone a cigarette if, uh, if they're not gay? You know what I mean? Call someone a nagger. If they're not black. Is it ableist to call someone an artard? If they don't have any, you know, learning or mental health, mental, you know, disabilities. Is it sexist or misogynist to call another man a bitch? Don't know why that was the only one I didn't censor. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, is that some class of sexist? I don't know. But I think if your answer is yes to all those things, then that other thing has to be body shaming, right? Logically speaking. I don't think they are sexist, but then, or racist, but then I would feel very uncomfortable if a white guy called another white guy, you know what I mean, this stupid, stupid nigger. That is like, no, he said, now I've said it out loud, that's definitely racist. So then it has to be body shaming, right? That even if that guy's not black, same way, even that guy doesn't have a small dick, the guy isn't short, to say something as a pejorative term, is that body sh- I don't know, man. I don't know. So I think the dictionary definition of body shaming is just to use a physical attribute of the person you're talking about. So if you call someone a tall bastard and they're tall, that would be body shaming because you call them a tall bastard. But it has to be a physical attribute they have. I believe that's the definition. Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Define body shaming. Body shaming meaning. The action or practice of mocking or stigmatising someone by making critical comments about the shape, size or appearance of their body. So shape, size, and appearance. So say someone's got big dick or small dick energy. That's where small dick energy came from. It's the opposite of big dick energy. Big dick energy means you're confident. So even if someone's got a small dick, he's got big dick energy. Is that body shaming? Nicky, if you're big, stupid dick, shut up. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, what else? Before we get on to the dearly football, let's get into the football world. Um, R.I.P. Pele, the GOAT. Um, there was debate about whether, you know, Messi's the GOAT. Um, I think it's fair for people to say Messi is um, on the on the sense that you've never seen Pele play. I've never seen Pele play. So is Messi the greatest player I've seen play? Um, yeah, probably is. Probably is the greatest player I've seen play. He's not even my favourite, though. He's, he's in my top five now, um, as people are favourite players. Zidane's still my guy. Zidane, R9 and Ronaldinho are my three favourite players. And then um, Thierry Henry is in there. It was hard. It, I didn't, didn't get to enjoy his career as much as I should have, obviously, because he was playing for Arsenal and he was battering us all the time. Um, but Henry's up there as well. As, top five great players I've actually got to watch. Um, and there's all the other players around and beneath that. There's defenders like Cannavaro and Lillian Charam. There's Clarence Seydorf. You know, they're just fantastic players. But yeah, those, those are up there. And Messi's up there with the top five with me. Um, but 
that's great to see but from reading records and you know understand and just kind of understanding the time and context you know the fact that he missed the 66 world cup because two teams literally kicked the shit out of him so he was injured there's a video going around on twitter of the tackles he received i think i've reposted it saying you know some of these tackles are racist don't know how a tackle is racist but listen you watch it the tackles are racist and uh that's what he had to play against people said oh mercy could never it's like you don't know you can't say he could never I know Maradona had to do all these crazy tackles as well, but again, that's another player I never actually got to watch. My brother's old enough to watch who've seen Maradona. He still, he still says, no, Maradona's still the guy for him. He's still the guy for him. Um, no, I don't know. I don't know, but Pele, yeah. Just, what a guy. What a guy. I liked, don't know why, I liked that Neymar made, uh, made an exemplary point of saying that he's done so much for poor people, for black people. Um, so I'm not sure if Neymar's classes are black or acknowledges he's black or part black or because Brazil got a weird racial thing well I say it's weird it's not weird it's just different sometimes we just look at race through the lens of whatever society we grew up in right so the UK we know what black is it's just either African or Caribbean right or any part of that whereas Brazil I think they've got something ridiculous like 90 different racial categories <laughs> like um, but yeah, but yeah, he made, made that point. But no, Pele, he's 82. But, but yeah, legend, absolute legend in the game. But um, but the modern, the modern uh, greats, Messi, obviously winning the World Cup and all that goodness. And then let's um, CR7 getting some stick because he's gone to join that Saudi Arabian team, Al Nassar. I don't understand why this man's getting stick. Okay, granted, he acted like a bit of a bitch and a crybaby um, at United in his last days because he's destroyed his legacy. I mean, it weren't, it weren't a good look. But really, the, I guess this is where it is. I guess it's the conflict of he's, he's a man saying, so I should be playing at the highest standard, I should be playing Champions League football. Everyone's like, no, mate, you shouldn't be. You're 38, you're not that good. He's like, okay. Then he joined Saudi Arabia, uh, Saudi Arabian team. Everyone goes, oh, thought you were be playing top flight football. Uh. It's like, no, he's 38. And he's not that good. I mean, when I say he's not that good, he's not as good as his peak. Like winning three Champions Leagues in a row from 2016, 2017 and 2018. He's not that guy anymore. He ain't shit. But listen... I'm playing for Saudi in Saudi Arabia if I'm getting his way. 200 million per year. Let me say it again. 200 million per year. That's 16.6 recurring million per month. That is 3.8 million per week. That's 548 million. Oh, it's a fortune. No, four and four five hundred and forty-eight um <laughs> thousand per day. That's five hundred and forty-eight. Uh, that's over half a mil a day he's earning. That can't be right. Is that, half, is that, is that really Nah, I can't wait. Yeah, it's 200 million. He's out here, yeah. Half. Nah. If I just believe this meme, because now I've said it out loud, that doesn't feel right. Um, 200 mil divided by 365. Yeah, no, it is. Jesus Christ. Um, that's 22,000 or 23,000 per hour. He's only Euros per minute. 380 euros per minute. That's six. <laughs> six euros per second, this guy's added. Six euros per second. That means it's not worth his time to pick up a 10 euro note on the floor. Because it takes longer than two seconds to pick it up. It's at, like, 
I mean, he could because he just got an extra 10 euros. But what I'm saying is the time it takes you to pick that up, but he's already earned 18 euros. <laughs> that is wild. And people are like, oh, I can't believe he's gone there. No class. He's 38, big man. Go there and earn your P. Don't begrudge the man at all. Not at all. Not one bit of it. I wish someone would offer me that much money to do a job. Anyway, just get on Dear Deirdre. We're chatting away, rabbiting on. And I've got a Christmas tree to take down. It's got to at least be down by the time Naomi gets home. Um, let's see. Solo. I'm devastated after my partner told me she is no longer in love with me. Dear Deirdre, after being together for 23 years, Jesus, my partner has decided she is no longer in love with me. I'm 43 and my partner is 41. So you've been together since you were 20 and she was 18. Jesus, that is young. We had our ups and downs, but last week she said she still loved me but wasn't in love anymore. I mean, you've been together for fucking ages. She's been working away for several months, only coming home at weekends, and it has given her time to think about us. Now she is thinking about whether or not she can find a spark between us again. What should I do? I can't imagine my life without her, but at the same time, I cannot continue to walk on eggshells or wait indefinitely for her to make up her mind. I feel so low since she told me she's not in love with me anymore. I mean... Here's a question. When someone makes a revelation like that, what, where, how do you how do you move on after? Because it's, it's like it's not an act, is it? Someone's cheated. Someone's lied. Someone's uh, even someone's there's been violence. Even though that'd be a no no for me, but those are all acts, and you can apologise for that act. Yeah, and you can get help. For the root of that act, but when someone's just like, I actually, I'm not feeling you anymore. It's just no, the feeling's gone. Like, Let's work this out. You, you know, you're working it out, and there's uh, not a chance. There's a factual period that they're just still not into you. They're just there because they've agreed to work it out. That can't feel good. I must feel shit. So uh, my advice is that to just. Just um, maybe just late, yeah. Maybe just split up, um, and remain friends. Maybe try to rescue a friendship. Still loves you, just not in love with you. And then you might be, able to, and it's the thing is, you're scared of losing that, but you might find something more wonderful. That's actual, you know, love in love, all that stuff, you know. Um, so maybe that's the case. And that's what you need to do. Um, right. Psycho X. I broke off new relationship after Nasty X found out and threatened us both. Jesus. Dear, dear, just stop seeing my new guy. Nah, this ain't fun. Um, after my ex found out and threatened us both. I'm 38. My ex is 41. Uh, we were together for five years during which he was constantly messaging lots of other women after a sexual phase. This guy sounds toxic as fuck. He denied it all. I found pictures on his phone which proved everything. We split up and he didn't take rejection well. He harassed me, stalked me with calls, texts and emails and any way he could get hold of me. Um, it's now nearly a year and I thought I'd finally managed to start afresh. I met someone new and was so happy until my ex found out. He started spreading lies and has even threatened us. Eventually he became so nasty I... I was scared and felt I had no option but to involve the police. Good. Sadly, I felt I didn't have a choice and so I finished with my new man. Um, I can't take much more. Uh, so, listen, you, if your new man didn't fight for you, like, he probably went fake fuck. Because in his mind, he's like, look, it's been, it ain't even been that long and your ex sounds mad. I don't need this. You're nice, but not that nice. And I think that's what happened there. That's why he hasn't gone, no, I'm fighting for you. Because the only guy who's going to fight for you is another nutcase. And that's the, <laughs> that's the issue, isn't it? You know, like when girls get brought up by his nutcase dads. And crazy brothers. Oh, don't mess with her because her dad and her brothers are crazy. That even means they attract a guy who just gets bullied by them. Or a guy who's a nutter. Is too crazy for them. So now when things go left with you and your man, they can't tell him nothing. 
Because they've raised you to be like, you need a man. That's what you're now attracted to. So you're going to attract a pussy or an absolute nutcase. That's why with my daughter, I ain't going to do the whole guy around here and I'm going to have a word for him. I need to speak to him in the garden. No, 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 no. Because any, that's a thing I've said in the pod before, any girl's dad who's tried it or an uncle or a cousin, whoever, has ever tried to give me that strong man talk, I've always looked at him as like, but you're a prick. Because there's never been anyone that's been respected within their family. That's the thing. Like, no, actually, I've said any girl's dad. No girl's dad's ever done it. No girl's dad's ever, every girl's dad I've met has shook my hand and been like, oh, nice to meet you. And just bad, like, what football team just put? Or where's your family from? And they'll say it, and then it's like, it's a joke. And the ex whose dad was Guyanese. So when I said I was Jamaican, he, he made a joke, oh, no. That's because he's Guyanese. His wife was Jamaican. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's, that was the joke. It's, I'm going to be welcoming. Another ex, dad supported us. What team support Tottenham? He's like, ah, oh, well, this ain't going to work. You know what I mean? It didn't work, but it won't because of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, and I've always just had respect for all my like ex's dads. Except for one, he was a knob, but that was not, uh, but he didn't struggle with me. He, just, he was just a knob in his just general life. And that she thought he was a knob as well. Enough to do with the strong man thing. But some of those exes, like I said, that they, they had a cousin trying to give the strong man talk. Because he was a bad man who's been in prison. He'd, he'd been released. Uh, and he gave me a strong man talk. No lie. I think later that very night he got arrested. He went back inside. <sighs> what am I going to do? Another one try to give me a strongman talk. He gave me the most Jamaican left left strongman talk I've ever heard. He told me, listen, if you ever put your hand on her, I'll, I'll kill you myself. And I was like, alright, I wasn't going to, but this is mad because her dad hasn't had this talk. He goes, no, her, dad, her dad's soft. He ain't going to give you that talk. But me, I'm different. And I was like, okay. And then mid-talk, he says this. He's like, listen, here's the thing a man's a man no man should put his hand on a woman he goes if i see you walking down the street you have another girl on your arm i'm going to look the other way i was like okay this is mad you didn't even need to add all this he's like i'm going to look the other way yeah like if you, if i see you yeah and you're doing something with some girl yeah i'm gonna look the other way if you're in a club with some and i see you in a bar and you're kissing on some, i'm gonna look the other way. and she comes crying to me and said did you, did you know i'm sorry, i didn't see anything I'm like, wh- I'm like, what is this? Why are you saying this to me? <laughs> oh, God. If he's at the different stage of my life, I'd have used that as a green light to just be like, okay, let's get cheated. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah. But, uh, that was, sort of, that was just the wildest talk I've ever received. But her dad wasn't like that. And I won't be like that. And... I just feel like, yeah, this is what happened with this guy here. This woman, I feel so bad for her because she's stuck. It's the only guy who's going to deal with a psycho ex like that is another psycho. And it just doesn't work out. It's like that, you know, those American gun nuts. He's like, the only way to defeat a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. He's like, no, you've both got two gunmen there. You don't want guns. And that's what's going to happen here. So my advice to you is, um, you have to you have to kill him. <laughs> you have to, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. You have to move away, or you have to try and find a good guy with a gun. Uh, and uh, that's a tall order, very tall order. Right, one more. Um. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Jesus, um, oh, 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 I'll tell you which one do, which one do, it's a, all right, let's see this, 
Dream gone sour. Girlfriend is angry at my dream trip to watch every tennis Grand Slam. Why is she angry? Please tell me. Because it's not like it's a shit sport where you've, like, if you don't like tennis, the facilities are still nice. And where the tennis Grand Slams are, Australia, UK, France and the US. They're not shit places. So anyway, dear Deirdre, I'm a massive tennis fan and have been for years. And have been saving for years to go to all the Grand Slams this year. I mean, it's a man for dream. Love it. Looking forward to this big trip is what got me through the depressing months of the pandemic. I had hoped my girlfriend of three years would come with me for at least some of the trips. But she's told me she'd rather save her time off for a beach holiday. So it's not the money. This is time off. Don't know why she's mad. Please continue. I'm 33. She's 32. Still, I'm determined to go. And she has known about my plans for years. But over the past couple of months, it has started to dawn on her how much time and money I'll be spending on these trips. And she's getting really angry about the waste. This always happens. This always happens. It got to happen with me and Naomi about Edinburgh next year. It was a reactionary thing of going, yeah, it's a, it's a month. She said, it's a month. I was like, yeah, I told you it's a month. It's a month. Then I said how much it might cost. She said, it costs so much. I was like, yeah, but it, I've told you this all before. So every few days, I keep on just bringing it back up. I go, what's our plan? What are we doing? Like, we need to discuss this. Because I don't want, in a few days, just before you know, I set off to go, She's like, I can't believe you're going away for a month. I was like, we discussed this a year ago. And that's what's happened with this guy. It happens both ways. It's not a man-woman thing. This happens both ways. Naomi will tell me some shit and I haven't heard it. And until the day of it or the weekend of it, I'm like, what? You're gone for the whole day? What? How much? What? I've got to do this. No, I'm just, I weren't listening. This is what happens. She's really angry about the waste. I stupidly lied and said I would miss a couple out so I could be around more simply because I want to avoid the big showdown, but I have no intention of missing out. Let's, 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 let's. What should I do? Cancel my trip on my relationship. Listen, this is what you've always wanted to do. You'll always be resentful if you don't get to do it. If she doesn't understand that, she needs to go. It sounds selfish. It sounds crazy, but listen, you'll always get other girlfriends. You always get other girlfriends. It's such a cool trip idea. I I don't like tennis that much, but I'd fully understand if somebody did like tennis, want to do that. I'd be like, do it. So I'm gonna say it, man. Get rid of her. Get rid of her. Lobby her over the net. Get rid of her. Guess what? You're probably gonna find some tennis nutcase girls doing the same thing, and you're gonna fall in love. Love, 40 championship points. That was a terrible tennis joke. Anyway, uh, listen, that's the end of the pod. Hey, uh, guys, I've got a work in progress show next year. Um, well, this year, it's 2023 now. Jesus. And the show I'm saying to anybody is called Inconceivable. Uh, it's uh, about, um, obviously, IVF journey and stuff. Um, so, yeah. I'd like people to come to my work in progress shows. I have one in that's where I just need to get better at. Let's just get the page up because I know I've got it right here. We go. So the dates we've got in the diary so far. Um, we've got Piccadilly Circus on the 18th of January. That's at Wonderville. Um, and you can get the tickets. They're available there. And they've got the Vault Festival. Um, that's going to be at Waterloo on the Sunday, the 29th of January. Um, all the tickets are available on DarrenGriffiths.com forward slash inconceivable. Um, Thursday, the 9th of February, um, that's in Angel. Ticket link isn't available yet, but yeah, that will be there. And then Leicester, Leicester Comedy Festival on the 16th of February, which I hope I can still do. I really want to do it. Um, listen, birth gods. Do not send my son early. That is the last gig I'm doing before my son comes. So it would be great if I could actually do it. Okay. Um, I've got this nagging feeling in my head that he's going to start arriving when I'm in Leicester. 
that I've, I've got this feeling in my head. That is just is it's just what's playing around in my chest. That I'm going to be on stage, and I'm going to have a catch twenty two of do I continue to end the other thirty minutes of my jokes, <laughs> or do I just leave halfway through the show? I hope that doesn't happen. Uh, but yeah, but they, yeah, so check those out. DarrenGriffiths.com forward slash inconceivable. And if you can't go, then just tell other people to come to those things, especially the January ones, and because the other ones will generate their own audiences. So I just need to actually drum up uh, interest for these ones. Please, please, please share and share a like. It'd be great. So I need to work on this show. So you'll get to see some raw material um, that some will be really well polished and makes sense and other bits be like what the fuck was he trying to say there and it'd be cool that when you see it in a year's time when it is the show and i'll bring it back to london uh you'll be like ah oh, shit now you really tidied it up and that's that's the plan all right anyway people it's over an hour i'm done base